When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up? Welcome to a brand new interview here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Chris Williams with you. And uh, this was awesome. I, I just got done interviewing J.R. Blount, assistant coach for Iowa State basketball, of course, under head coach T.J. Altsberger. I've known J.R. now for a little bit. Uh, we had a little bit of a run-in when, when he was at Drake, but i basically known him for about a year. You ask anybody in the business, and this guy has future head coach written all over him. And this was a really, really fun podcast. A lot of times I, we do these coach interviews, and most of the time these guys really open up. Most of the times they do. Every once in a while, you'll get one who opens up so much, it, it kind of surprises you. And JR was like that today. He was uh, just the insight we get into his mindset and the program's mindset is really uncanny. I, I really, really enjoyed this and learned a lot. And I think you guys will too. Uh, so that's coming up. I do want to thank our sponsor centurion stone of iowa check them out at centurionstoneofiowa.com i actually had them do a stone fireplace for me earlier in the uh, year if you go to centurionstoneofiowa.com you can check on you can click on products and it shows all the different types of surfaces that they have uh, for these stone fireplaces they're actually located in nebraska as well at the showroom in omaha of course the one here in ankeny slash des moines but get all your information at centurionstoneofiowa.com good cyclones own this place and they bring you this podcast with iowa state assistant basketball coach jr blount all right jr well first of all thanks for the time i know it's a it's a weird time the calendar for you guys in July, because it's like a really beefy recruiting time, but you're also starting practice with new guys. How are you doing, man? Welcome to the podcast. It's been good, man. Appreciate you having me, Chris. No, it's, it's, it's been good. It's, it's a fun time, man. I think uh, July is a time where you get to know your guys. I think that's one of the most important parts, but you're also out trying to find new guys for the future of the program. So finding that balance and making sure you have a good relationship and rapport with these guys and invest in that time is one of the most important things we can do. Is this kind of like, like football coaches talk a lot about the spring? Like if they can get a guy in early, Oh, he's got a spring under his belt, right? Like, is that, is this kind of like your spring when it comes to the the freshmen and, and newcomers, especially now in college basketball, where you have like seven, eight newcomers every year when they right. come to meshing together? No, definitely. Yeah. You know, especially for the, like you said, the new guys, but the freshmen, you know, they just, 
they have no idea of the intensity, the physicality, the the level of, you know, competitiveness that's in practice. So getting that first couple weeks out of them is just kind of like, oh, okay. Like, and then they're realizing like, hey, I can't do this. I can't survive. And then, you know, even the newcomers that come up a level, um, realizing that this isn't the, the level that they played at before. There's just more physicality. There's more length. There's a lot of different attributes out there that kind of, you know, are more challenging. So, you know, them all kind of figuring it out and us building a team camaraderie is probably most important right now. All right. I want to get to you because I want people to learn about you in this podcast, but we're on this topic. So I'll, I'll stay with it. it that kind of seemed like that was like the secret sauce of last year's team. You guys clearly weren't the most talented team right. in the country. You weren't a you weren't a top sixteen talent team in right. the country, but your guys bought in and you know they played that ugly style for a while that you guys asked them to do. They didn't. They didn't ask any questions. They just did it. How is this group? I guess kind of coming together as far as whatever whatever that might look like for next year's team. Yeah, you know I think. Um, you know, people people might not like to hear it, but it might be a little bit similar. Yeah. Um, well, just win. Know, that's all they care about. Yeah, it'll, it'll still, it still may be a little bit ugly, but we'll find a way to, to score some baskets. And then, you know, on the defensive end, we'll try to make it a game where, you know, we make it ugly for other people and they're frustrated. And um, these guys have, have bought in, I would say, even more than – the last group where we've had guys come in and we, we were able to bring in, you know, some veteran guys like Jaron and Shun who have already played for four years and obviously Gabe being in that mix and being a leader, but then also the younger guys coming in kind of with almost an attitude of like, well, Hey, it worked last year. So why would we even fight it? You know? Mm -hmm. So they're coming in and they're embracing everything. And, um, you know, it's been a it's been a good accumulation of everybody just kind of fitting into what we want to do, which is, hey, we're going to play defense. Um, we're going to hold guys. We're going to turn guys over. And then on the offensive end, we want guys to play with freedom, but also take care of the basketball. So that's kind of just been the in the simple in the simplest form of way that we've kind of talk to these guys and listen to what we wanted to happen here on both ends. Is it, this is the time of year too, right? That we we've heard about these patented soccer field workouts that Pete comes up with. Is that, are we doing that right now? Are we in the, not, not yet. That'll be, uh, that'll be September. Okay. Um, right. right. When they get back. But yeah, Pete, uh, Pete will get after him. We'll, we'll get out there pretty early. And, um, you know, I think that, that it just builds kind of that, that kind of bond and that team team togetherness that, you know, you can talk about those things when you're in the trenches in, in January, February, March, as you know, you can look back on those things as something to remember. All right. So uh, I want to talk to you about like the recruiting world and all that, but I want to give everybody a baseline as to who you are, where you come from. I did a profile on you in March. And if you're listening to this, I'll tag that with this on social media. So you guys can go back and read that about JR if you'd like to. But you're a Milwaukee guy. Uh, you have an illustrious college career. I guess what I where I wanted to start, coaches. Where where did the coaching bug hit you? Did you know? Were you one of those guys like when you were playing, like that you knew you ultimately wanted to be a coach? Was there a specific opportunity that came around? Like when when did you figure out like this is the route you wanted to go? Yeah, I mean, I think my dad my dad coached me all the way up until high school in AAU, so. I was always around it and he was coaching even before, 
you know, when I was kind of growing up. So I kind of always been around basketball and seen him coach and watched him coach. And um, even in college, um, as I kind of figured out, like, hey, I might have a chance to play professionally. I was like, I always want to stay around the game. Like I never was like, man, I can't. I couldn't see myself being a nine to five, you know, suit and tie type of guy. I was like, man, I just want to stay around basketball as long as I can. And um, I was playing overseas and kind of got an opportunity from a former coach that called me when um, when I was overseas. I was like, hey, I'm getting this division two job. It's in Florida. Would you have any interest if, if you're not going to play next year? And I was just like, Hey, that sounds good. I was getting married, um, you know, so I was like, hey, that, that sounds really good. And I was interested and I was literally practiced every day. I did everything besides playing the games and I still kind of got my fix there. And then I was like, I really like this coaching thing, too. So um, it, it was good for me. And I knew kind of from an early age that I just wanted to stay around basketball because that's what I had a passion and love for. Um, so you ended up and I, I don't I doubt many people know this, but you actually lived in Des Moines for a while. You were on yeah. the Drake staff with, with Nico Medved. It, is that where you met TJ? Where did that, because you, you and TJ are both from Milwaukee and stuff, and you, you told me about, like, you, you're buddies with, like, Deontay Garrett and Mike Taylor, a bunch of the former Cyclones. When did that relationship with TJ first take place that led you to Iowa State? Yeah, so TJ recruited um, – one of my best friends um, out of high school when TJ was at Chipola. So TJ would call my, my home a lot because my dad was basically running this kid's recruitment. My dad was like this kid. Um, so that was kind of my first interaction with them. And then it was more just staying in touch via the profession. You know, obviously when I was at Drake, he was here. Yeah. Um, TJ really helped me get the Drake job. He may not even remember this, but I remember texting him when I was at St. Leo Division II, and he knew Ray Giacoletti, who was the head coach at Drake at the time. And he was like, hey, I just saw Ray on the road. Like, I was just trying to get the ops job. And, you know, he's just like, stay after it and do all that stuff. So he was always a, a somebody that was looking to help me and, and you know, we stayed in touch through the profession. And then obviously when I was at Colorado state, he was in the league at UNLV. So we would see each other twice a year. And um, we spoke at a clinic together, not together, but he spoke before me. I spoke after him when he was at South Dakota state. So just kind of been crossing paths and staying in touch um, throughout the years. Did the, um, that, that's fat. Like when would it, was he like a relentless, recruiter back then like do you remember like man i remember him calling all the time now uh (laughs) my buddy had horrible grades so he was like he was a perfect juco candidate so my dad was like you know tj seems like a good guy um but he was on it he was on it for sure did he get him uh my guy ended up not even he not Uh, playing anywhere (laughs) but yeah like i'm sure he would have so you knew though deontay and mike taylor and that like did you play with those guys or i'm trying to put yeah, Mike T is a year older than me. Like Mike T from right up the street from me. Like okay. I, it's still amazing because I tell people all the time, like Mike T was not like he was good until his senior year of high school. Then he like blew up. Like he was having like 40, 50 point games. And he went to Marshall and we were on the same bus. I went to 
uh, a private school, but I had to take the city bus and his city bus route was the same as mine. Um, and then I had to get on another one, but we would always see each other and, you know, we played AU together against each other. And then DG's a little bit younger than me, but just remember him and he's, he's a good play, great player. Um, you know, so I've, I've interacted with those guys and known those guys for years. Mike T was one of the few, maybe the only guys I've covered where you could, you could sit there. And, is he going to score more points or commit more turnovers? <laughs> Mike T, wow, man, he's still he's still hoping too. He, he where is he at now? I didn't know he's, he's still he's playing. doing the doing the big three deal. Oh wow, um, I didn't know yeah, that. That's yeah. cool. He's actually pretty. He's, I don't know. I've only seen his highlights, but looks like he's still scoring efficiently. Like, just, like he always. You just never he, knew. He it's like, oh, Kansas is in town. Taylor just scored thirty-seven. Yeah, yep. eleven turnovers, but it was a hell of a thirty-seven. <laughs> yeah, he was he was worth the price of admission when he there was. You here. Go. No doubt about that. All right, so um, I wanted to talk to you just about recruiting in general because it just seems like, like. I can just imagine, and you haven't been coaching for that long, a little over a decade you've been in the business, right? Um, How different is it now compared to even like five years ago? Or is it still just about relationships? You just have this other stuff to navigate. How would you answer that? Yeah, you know, I still think the, you know, the center of it is about building relationships. And, you know, you got to build intimate relationships with not only the recruit, um, I would say that's probably the biggest difference is, you know, everyone has a circle now. Um, and it's not, it's usually not just mom and dad. It's usually trainer, high school coach, you know, brothers, trainer, whatever it may be. Like it's that, that seems to be, you know, finding the right people to build a relationship with is the most important. Um, you know, and I think this other stuff is always in play. And now you're talking NIL and, mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And that is, is definitely a factor. And, you know, we're we're lucky enough to be at a level where we can, you know, actually be able to attribute and, and contribute in those ways. And I think at the mid-major level and, and low-major, whatever you want to call it, like that's where it's going to become difficult as these kids begin to seek and search out that stuff. Like, it's like, oh man, well, I'm looking for this or I'm looking for that as opposed to guys, you know, 10 years ago, it was just like, man, I want to get the right fit, you know, or I want to play at this level or that level. Like now there's so many other factors involved, but the relationship piece of what you're doing as a coach is trying to build that and make sure you establish those relationships so that that stuff becomes almost in the back burner of like, yeah, I want to come to Iowa State, but here's what I may need or here's what I may look for. That's not that's less of an issue than hey, I'm looking for this and okay, yeah, your your school's secondary. Like you want it to be the other way around. So that's more of the battle you're kind of fighting. It's just like hey, making sure you establish those relationships, get the kids that want to be at Iowa State and then see if there's some supplemental things that they may ask for. Well, that that's it's just really inter- I, this is the most fascinating time I think that I've I've been here almost 20 years that I've seen because it's like three, four months ago, if you would have asked like the normal fan, like it would have been like, we're all screwed because right. there's all this stuff going on and we fear the unknown and we're not a very big place. Right. right. Uh, all that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. But it's really interesting to me that it, at this point, and there's, there's time to go, but at this point, both football and men's basketball, have the highest rated recruiting classes that I've ever seen in my 
mm-hmm. career here. And, and what it tells me is that like it's not going to happen every year, right. but it's it's not like impossible what no. you guys are trying to do. And it, I think it's it's coming at a good time, you know, for the fans to see like okay. World's not coming to an end. Yeah, everything, everything's still fine. You know, I, I, we still do the jobs that we had to do beforehand. And I think ultimately, you know, TJ did a great job with us this offseason and guiding us is if if the prospect is initially asking about NIL and that's the first conversation you're having, then it's probably not a prospect for us, you know? Mm-hmm. So then you're able to end those conversations and delineate whether to recruit this guy or not. Like, it's like... Hey man, if you're having an initial conversation, you're trying to get to know them, and the kid's saying like, "Hey, I want to know about your NIL, or I need fifty thousand here, or there." Like, then you know, we're just not going to waste our time. It's not saying the kid's right or wrong. It's just yeah. like that's not the that's not the prospect that we want to recruit. We're more interested in investing in the guys that genuinely want to be here, want to get better, develop their game, and then if they say, "Hey," like at the end of the deal, it's like. You know what? What do you guys have? What can you guys offer me? And then we can have a conversation. I always think it's interesting too. Now that I've seen this play out a year, like it's not always, and and I, and I bet you can attest to this too, just from a coaching standpoint. It's not always money. Like right. if you played at Drake, and now you're playing at Iowa State, you're getting a raise in the sense that you're taking a charter flight. Right. Right. You're you're. Uh, there's just like certain ways. Like I, I I would say it's like, and I I love the nap center. I go there all the time. Um, Darren's my guy, not crapping on Drake, but it's a different experience playing at the nap center than it is at Hilton Coliseum when Kansas is in town. Right. Like, did the guys look at it like that? Like, yeah, you know, I think they, I think when they get here, they realize that I don't think in the process, they can see that like, you know, but then, like you say, when you get on a plane at, at Drake, it was, I don't know what they're doing now, but when we were there, it was probably, you had a maximum of five charter flights. Like we didn't get on a commercial plane all year here. You know, like, it's just, yeah. that's what we do. It's like these guys eat full breakfast, lunch and, and dinner. It's catered to them. You know, at Drake, we didn't, you had to go to the dining hall. Like it's just, that's what it was in yeah. whatever, 2014. So, you know, you, you get these different courtesies um, at this level. And, and, you know, I think you see those things when you get here and then you just got to find guys that appreciate that. Like, you know, and I think that's all about recruiting. That's, that's our job as a staff to, you know, find out like, Hey, are we recruiting the right guys? Like if we're recruiting guys that don't care about that and that doesn't mean anything, then it's probably the wrong guy. They're probably ungrateful and they won't have, they won't have that desire and passion to be here to be at Iowa State for the right reasons. Well, my my thought too, Coach, is that I'm I'm looking at some of the guys you brought in, Jeremiah Williams, uh, Jaron Holmes, and Oshun are the ones that come to my top of my head because I've talked to them. But the these are all guys who, man, they seem mature. Yeah, Holmes. I, I mean, you talk to Holmes, it's like a 45 year old man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, what I, I get, it, walk me through it because it, it does like what you're spelling out here. It doesn't seem like you guys are throwing darts at the wall here. Like it's a very specific yeah. type of guy you're bringing in. Yeah, very, very selective. You know, and that again, credit to TJ is, is we'll pinpoint guys that one obviously are basketball talented, but then two fit how we want to act and how we want to interact on a daily basis. So guys like Jaron, like you said, like 
I could leave my daughters with Jaron and feel like he'll be just fine. Like he's going to figure it out. Like he's going to orchestrate something. He'll be in a conversation, yeah. getting them a free happy meal by the end of the day. Like, <laughs> you know, like he's just got that way about him. And those other two guys as well, like, you know, they're very mature, but also, you know, can handle themselves in a way where, you know, they're approachable and people want to talk to them and get to know them. And I think they've figured that out. They figured out the game. Like, Hey man, like, people will help them and people will go out there and do things for them based on the fact that they're just good guys. And, you know, we, we want to bring those kind of characters in to, to show our fan base that one, we can produce on the basketball court, but two, there'll be citizens and aims that, you know, people will remember for years. Feels like that's a bigger deal here than it is at some places. Would you yeah. agree with that? I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. You know, I think, and I think it's, you know, Jaron's, probably the epitome of it. Like he's figured it out. Like, he's just like, man, people came up to me here, talked to me there. I got a free sandwich here. And he's like, I wasn't even doing anything. Like, you know, I was just talking. I'm like, man, like these people are invested in cyclone basketball, football, athletics, you know, university, like that's what it's about. And, um, you know, they just, they just want good, a good person that, you know, be a citizen for them. So that's important for us. You know, obviously, being good at basketball is important, but being a good person um, in general that represents our team is, is is almost pertinent and very important as well. So you, you've had a relationship, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, with Jeremiah Williams before he yeah. was at Temple. He He's intriguing. I mean, when I look at, like, this year's team and I'm like, We're, who's a guy that's kind of an X factor? He kind of feels like one to me when you look at the point guard spot. Uh, I know that they'll probably be by committee a little bit, but what what are you what are you seeing in him? I, I think he's an interesting prospect. Yeah, Jeremiah's a good player. You know, he um, I recruited him at Colorado State until I went and saw him, and he wasn't good enough. So I was like, man, I'm not, uh, I'm done with him. And you know, I we joke about it to this day. Interesting. I went to I went to see him in Chicago at a tournament. Uh, uh, June event tournament with his high school team and he was horrible, like really bad. And he'll tell you, like he we we actually went to the tournament this year. He was back home and he's like, Man, I still got PTSD from this tournament here. <laughs> um so we actually ended up taking one of his teammates, his AAU teammates, um, at Colorado State. And but I just followed his career because I was very intrigued by him and his ability to not only rebound but pass and score like he just did a lot of different things and he was still a little raw coming out of high school but you know following him at temple especially his freshman year which was a Kobe year and he and they played him all the way at the point every year and I was like okay like and he and he did that a little bit in high school but didn't do that in AAU he kind of played a wing and um this past year again followed him and just had some people that were around him saying like hey he may be leaving so you know, we kind of had an eye on him and things like that. And I knew he was a good kid just from being able to recruit him before. Um, so then when he hit the portal, you know, we we established a relationship. And TJ had already kind of watched a lot of film on him. And um, Coach Green also I recruited him at UNI. So we had that there. And, uh, you know, it was a collaborative effort. We flew out to Philly one time and met with them. And, you know, he just kind of was like, yeah, this is an opportunity that that he felt like he couldn't pass up. And, you know, it was good. And then, you know, he he's also friends with Taylor Horton Tucker. So that that helped us as well. So I felt, felt like we had a lot of ends in there that were able to kind of get it done. And 
he's a player that I think can really facilitate offense. Um, obviously, his length and size at six four and a half is something that you know we didn't have in the past. So I think he'll be somebody that can be able to not only orchestrate offense but lead the break and then you know be able to score a little bit as well. Is he a guy who, like looking back now, hindsight, did he have a bad day when you saw him, or like? Man, he's yeah. come a really long way. Or is it somewhere in between? Yeah, you know, I think I caught him on it. I got him on a bad weekend now, you know, because that, you know, we we were the only school there. You know, he had a bunch of mid-major offers. So, you know, I think we, we definitely caught him on a bad weekend because I do remember watching him at Peace Jam and thinking, like, man, this kid's pretty good. Mm. Um, but we were kind of far down the line with his teammate at the time. But he'll tell you that um, he just missed a couple shots and like, oh, yeah. really go back and look at stats. Like the dude was like one for 10 from the field. So, um, and they were losing and then he ended up transferring to Simeon. So I was like, you know, so it, it all ended up working out, but so Simeon, that's where THT went, right? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Jeremiah transferred there for his, his, um, his senior year it was, did they play City together? Play. No, they, okay. they're a year after each other. Okay. So but they're, they, they're boys and, um, you know, he thinks he claims Simeon now, even though he only went there for one year. Okay. Just, just all right. they, won, they won the city championship and all that stuff. I was gonna say, I was disappointed in myself if I had missed that tidbit that they, yeah, no, he was this one year, they didn't play together though. All right. Um, so, uh, voice of the fan here, I'm looking at all these guys we got brought, we brought in. They look like a bunch of really strong defenders who are nasty defenders who will, who will beat you up if they have to. Not a lot of shooting in the past with these guys. How do you coach that? I'm really fascinated by this. Like, can a guy um, who's a junior in college, like, all of a sudden up his three point percentage by nine, ten percent? How do or do you even try that, or is it like this is what we got? We're going to play to our team strengths. How do you mold the team at this point? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it'd be hard to go to the nine, ten percent. I think you can get a guy, you know, four to five percent. Um, but you gotta get him taking the right shots. You know, so yeah. what the one thing we've done is even when we recruit these guys and we do zooms or when they come on their visits, we'll sit down and watch film with them of, hey, like these are the shots you took. Like and we'll show them good examples of like, hey, this is a great shot. This is probably why you made it. And this one's not a great shot. That's probably why you missed it. And you know, you can talk about percentages and stuff there. And then the other thing with shooting, you know, all these guys, now these guys are coming in, even the freshmen, they've been, they've been shooting one way for 18 years at least. And then you talk about Jaron for 24 years. So mm-hmm. you're not going to change a shot. Like you're not going to, you're not going to exactly. go in there and change a shot in eight months. And all of a sudden he's a 50% three point shooter, but the confidence that you instill and, and TJ is a master at this. Like if you look at Isaiah Brockington is the prime example of like, Nope, you'll make that. You'll make that. Nope. Shoot it again. Like you're making it. Nope. We need you to shoot that shot. You can do it. Like you're the guy. Like, I mean, he's, he's instilling the utmost confidence in all these guys in specific areas of what they do well and what we want them to do well. So if that's, scored a ball with Jaron Holmes and Gabe Kelcher this year. Like, it's going to be like, Hey man, go do it. Like, yeah. Okay, cool. You missed one. Like, you know, that that's all it is. Is Gabe the, the Wisconsin game comes to mind. Like I remember saying to my dad, I was talking to him after the game. We talk after every game and we overanalyze everything. We're those guys, but I'm like, man, if they could just get Gabe to take those shots all the time, 
he could score 20 a game. Yeah. Like, I mean, is that like a good example of like, man, like, yeah. cause he was you just, think, he wasn't settling for those threes. He was putting it on yeah. the ground in the mid range game. Gabe, Gabe's got a unique game where, you know, he's had facets of his game be good at all at different times. So, yeah. you know, we're just trying to fight it up for Gabe. You know, him and I talk daily about the mentality that he needs to have, you know, where it's, you know, not a surrender mentality, but more like, hey, I'm going to go in. I'm going to be a killer. We know what he's going to give us on the defensive end, which I think is at an elite, elite level for a guard player in, in college basketball. And, you know, it's just about him, again, the right shots, you know, and the confidence to make those shots and not taking shots that you don't think you're going to make, you know. So, like you said, in the Wisconsin game, you know, he's – he may start with a three, then it's a mid-range, and it's all the way to the rim, then it's get to the free throw line. And, you know, now he's mixing it up, and you feel confidence. You have an air or aura about you of, hey, like, this guy can't guard me. And, you know, we gave him that space right now um, in the summer where he's leading us in three-point percentage and scoring. And it's just about maintaining that and having that consistency there again. Is there – I found it fascinating to watch last year because I – I kind of grew up in this business with McDermott and then Hoiberg. Yeah. And those are like really analytical guys, like all analytics and stuff. And then I'm watching you guys a lot last year and talking with TJ and like, I'm kind of like, well, if we're not going to make the shot, like just dribble in and just take the two. (laughs) Even if it's like analytically a bad shot, like our guys are probably going to make that where they're not going to hit the three. Where do you stand on the like analytics thing? Like, cause it feels to me, you know, cause it was a really trendy thing for a long time. Right. Corner threes layups. I don't know. Like in college ball, it feels like that's, there's a little bit less of an emphasis on that than there was five years ago. Yeah, I'm I'm more, I guess you could say old school. Or I'm like, if I have Isaiah Brockton on my team for five years, like I'm gonna let him shoot as many mid range jumpers as he can because I see it every day. I'm sitting there, I'm working with him. That's what he works on. He's making 200 of them every day before practice. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say, hey man, you have to shoot threes because it's two feet better. We get one more point when I know you can shoot this at 20 percent higher clip. Um, now, I still am in the sense and a little new school of like, hey, man, like if you don't shoot, if you shoot a set shot better than you shoot off the dribble, which some guys do and some guys don't, then I want you taking the set shot. And I probably want you taking a set shot. That's a three because it's for better spacing. Like, yeah, yeah. you know, like, but it, to me, it's a rhythm thing. Like guys have to prove in practice and in, in drill work um, and extra individual conditioning, what they're most comfortable with. And then you got to get great at it. So if you're going to take mid range jumpers, then you got to prove to me like, Hey man, this is what I work on. This is what I do. I make these shots in live play. If you can't do that, then you probably shouldn't take them, you know? And I don't even think it's an analytics thing. I think it's just a winning basketball thing. Like you got to do what helps us win and what was, what's to your strength. So if that's not to your strength, then don't do it. Was the did Gabe in that Wisconsin game? Did we stumble upon that last year, or is that is that you like know, a deal? I, we're like, I, hey, we're gonna do yeah, more he, of that. He he's got he definitely has that. I think he you know with Gabe, I think it's all just about his overall confidence. You know, I think yeah. if if he does that, he's a very good shooter. You know, I think it's just the inconsistencies that we've seen you know over last year and even over the course of his career is just it becomes a mental thing. And, you know, like we with him, it's just all about 
instilling it, having him be mentally immensely tough so that he can make whatever shot that he feels like he takes. And, you know, I think we'll we'll continue to to build him up and make sure he's that guy and has that mentality when he steps on the floor in November. So basketball wise, you said dad's a dad was your coach. I'm sure he's one of your answers here. Who yeah. like TJ, you've got Tony Bennett. Uh, I could name off like four for him. Who who would you say are like your biggest influences in the sport? Yeah, dad, for sure. Um, Jim Weitzel is my, my college coach. He's the head coach at Buffalo University now. Um, Did he get the left. job after Oates left? Yep, yep, he got okay. it after Oates left. Okay. Yep. Um, Lance Randall, who's the head coach of St. Leo University, um, was my was basically my first job. He also was assistant coach at Loyola when I was there. Um, he's probably my biggest – mentor within the profession guy that I go to, um, you know, and I, I actually really appreciate that because most guys have a division one coach that everyone knows about. And I could say Lance Randall and nobody besides people in Wisconsin will know who he is. And, um, he's just somebody that I can go to. I feel like a great basketball mind, but even better, just like, he's just a friend, like, family friend and kind of taught me how to be a dad and he had young kids when I was working for him and he would have them around all the time and taught me how to be a husband when I was just getting into getting being married so just a lot more life lessons um on top of basketball lessons but just somebody that I know 100% I can call on for any basketball thing offense defense but then also like hey I need relationship advice or I need to know how to cook this thing or how do I fix this thing? Like he can give me whatever I need. So that's, that's somebody that I definitely look up to. Who's your, uh, who's your guy growing up? Who's your favorite player? Emulate your game. Kobe guy, man. It still doesn't even seem like real. that he's gone. Crazy. But yeah, that's, that's my guy. I'm, I will say I'll stick it out. Um, I'm a Russell Westbrook fan, so um, that's fair. He had a bad year, and you know I got to stay loyal to my man. Like everybody gives me all kind of stuff every morning because we got ESPN on, and all they do is yeah. show him missing shots. And <laughs> hey, man, I feel like Russ's prime for for a good year right now. Man, I uh, I actually bought I I was just a sports fan of me. I was just so disgusted when KD went to the <laughs> Warriors back in the day. I bought a Russ T-shirt. It's like a cartoon character of Russ. Yeah. And his OKC stuff, and I, I still will wear that. Well, I'll pull out the old school everyone. I, I like Russ. Yeah, I don't mind Russ. I'm there's one of, the- a lot of there's, there's a lot of people that hate him, so I'm like, hey, like I got to stay true. Like he's he's got he's got sharpen up his game too. I, but I can know. see though as a coach why you would love that guy because he's relentless. Yeah. No, yeah, he's he's giving it 100. I I just feel like he. He's going to play on both ends. He's going to, yeah, he's going to shoot an air ball. Like, he's going to do that. And you got to know what you're getting into. But I feel like he's going to give you all he has. Were you a Bucks fan? Or I am. Okay. And I, I assumed that that was the case. So that yep, was pretty cool. Yep. You get to see them win a title. Yeah, that was awesome. My wife didn't let me go to the parade. So we still <laughs> have arguments about that. That was like right when we got. We got here, and she was just moving here. Like they just got here, and I was like, "But there's a break." And like all my friends were there, and I was like, "And she's like, yeah, that's not happening." See, I didn't pick up on all that either. Like it was so crazy 
uh, the NCAA tournament this year. But in, and again, I did that that piece on you about re, like the homecoming. Yeah. But like, if you're a big Bucks fan, like just being in that arena, oh, that's had cool. to, that had to be like a totally different layer to that. I mean, it, you think about that with you and Tyrese and TJ. Yeah. Like, and then beating Wisconsin like that is really kind of surreal how it all played out. It, it is. It's, it's crazy because every now and then I'll think about it and, um, you know, just how it all played out from even from Selection Sunday. And you don't you try not to think too far ahead, but you're like, all right, like, yeah, LSU, no coach. You're like, you probably could try to get that one. And, um, you know, our guys were so amped up to play somebody outside of the big 12, which is like, man, like just get us anybody else. Like who cares? And then you're like, man, of all the seeds of top seeds, you're like Wisconsin's not a horrible matchup. You know, you know, you feel like, and I, and I grew up a Badger fan, loved them, love how they play, even though people are so cynical of it. And um, I know all those guys, know all the guys on staff, but I was like, man, like we could just get them. And I felt like I felt very confident playing any team on a one day prep just by how we defend. I'm like, man, it's not, you can't simulate it in a walkthrough. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to trap and do all that stuff and create turnovers. And as it, at halftime, I'm like, man, we're going to win this game. Like, like we're going to win, like, this is going to be crazy. And, you know, and I, I'll all year felt like our guys play better and, and tougher, you know, road scenarios. So I was like, man, we, we got it going right now. And, you know, obviously Gabe had it rolling. So that, that, that helped us out. And it was, it was a great feeling. All the tournaments that I've covered, not including the big 12 tournament, because that's like a different monster. Cause people are yeah. just drinking all day in the power. Line. <laughs> yeah. like, it's a whole different deal. Those Kansas, Iowa state games, coach. I hope you have to experience one. Trying to get to that. Yeah. It's sprint center sometime. Like they are, I mean, it, you can't comprehend the like crowd warfare within that, but it was so you guys just beat LSU. I think I sat next to you in that game. Actually, you yeah. were you were scouting Wisconsin. And who did they play? Colgate. Colgate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Wisconsin crowd that yeah. Friday night. It was like an eight nine o'clock tip, and those Wisconsin fans have been drinking right. all day in that like area. I was even intimidated, and I didn't have yeah. to play because that was my whole thing. I thought y'all could beat Wisconsin. Like I, I watched a lot of Big Ten covering yeah. Iowa, and I'm like, Iowa State can beat this team. But that was like a true road game on crack, like because yeah, they no, were well, so drunk going yeah. into that thing. Like I, it was intimidating watching that crew. Yeah, no, it was good, you know. And I, I felt like our guys were, you know. Even, you know, you play at Hilton and you get there's so many expectations. And, you know, at the end of the year, we weren't playing great on at home. And I just felt like, man, I was like, this is probably better for our guys. Like they they're with the lower seed, they're the higher seed, they're supposed to win. They got supposedly got an NBA guy here. Like it was just so much built up. And, you know, there were Gabe and Isaiah had so much familiarity with Wisconsin. Like, so, you know, they're kind of, and I'm going over, Hey, like, this is the personnel. This is what they do, blah, blah, blah. And they're kind of like chiming in like, Hey, like, Hey, remember, like, he's going to spin, like, he's going to do this. Hey, like when they throw it in here, don't fall for this. Like, you know, they played against these guys for three straight years. So, you know, we felt very confident. And when I walked out there, I was like, all right, this is like a road game. Like, 
<laughs> I think we'll be good. Like, I think we'll be good. Like, you know, we started off, we made some shots and, you know, we turned them over early and everyone kept talking about how, you know, they don't turn it over and they, you know, our traps weren't going to work. And like, we were just filling our guys heads up with that. Like, Hey, they said you can't turn them over. Like, you know, they said you guys can't do this, you know, and you know, our guys have responded to that kind of treatment all year. So, you know, we, we felt like we were kind of like, all right, let's do it. Let's do this. That sounds like, that sounds so much like Otzelberger. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause oh, he's yeah. just like the perennial, like loves it when he's doubted. Like it oh. goes back to him as he always says how he sucks when he was in high school and, and he had yeah. Yeah. his own AAU team. And I've heard that yeah. story a million times. It is funny though. So I actually, you can't see it, but I, um, I just bought halfway through Scott Drew's book. And okay. I've been around since Scott Drew got that job. And it's yeah. been a fascinating thing to watch Baylor evolve because it used to just be, oh, well, we got all these McDonald's All-Americans, <laughs> but then they they can't play together. They didn't right. play hard. And at the end of the day, they, they, they would underperform. Now I'm watching Baylor, and they'll get some good recruits, but they bring in these grown men, kind of yeah. like what you guys are doing now. And when you were telling the story of Isaiah and Gabe leading up to Wisconsin – it just kind of clicked for me, like the value of age and mm-hmm. experience in this, in this era of college basketball. Very, very important. You know, I think you still want to have that balance of guys that get old, but you, you got to make sure you stay old as well. Um, it, it's just guys that have been through it, you know, that have played college basketball games that have been through practice and summers, you know, that's important too. just making sure that you need Gabe Kelcher here because he sets the tone for Tame and Lipsy. If Tame doesn't know how Gabe gets here at six and mm-hmm. I mean, Gabe, Gabe gets in the building at five forty-five. Like when I'm working out, like Gabe's walking in with Jared, like they're in here at five forty-five. like, and then they work out They're They're drenched in sweat when Tamin's walking in at six 30. So Taman sees that, and, and Eli and Demarion are like, okay, this is how it's supposed to look. Because if you don't have that, you don't have those older guys setting the tone, then they'll never know. So, you know, when Taman's a senior, hopefully he's doing that for whoever it may be. And then as you go through years and you go through situations in a season where you're going to lose three games in a row, like it's probably going to happen. And you need those older guys to be like, yo, we're good. Like, we are fine. Like, hey, like, we need to practice hard today. We need to get after it. You know, we need to do this and that. And the freshmen are like, okay, well, like, if they say that's how we do it, they mu- that must be how it's done. And then then you win three in a row. And, you know, the freshmen start to see the results of that. So staying old and having that experience, you know, not only on the game days, but throughout the whole process, I mm-hmm. think is very important. Well, okay, you – you brought it up, the freshman, and then I'll let you go. I love Eli King. I just love yeah. him. I love watching tape. I, 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 I'm obsessed with him. I can't wait <laughs> to watch him play. A few guys have piqued my interest, like him. He just like he he just looks like a badass. When I how how's he how's he looking? Give me he's an been great. No, he's been he's been great, man. He's he actually was just in here watching film, and you know he's somebody that really wants to study the game. You know, I think. He's he's coming from a high school level of not playing against yeah. the guys that he's playing against every day. So small level like, high school, yeah, low small level. level. Yeah. Um, but obviously played AAU on the Adidas circuit. Yeah. Like I mean, he's he's seen it and everything. But he he's been good. Like he wants to learn. He's 
very athletic, fast twitch guy. Um, somebody that's coming in, still getting confidence with his shot. Like, so we, he's a guy that we're like, shoot it, shoot it, shoot it. Like you got to shoot it. Like, yeah. Okay. You missed it. Great. Like who cares? Like, so he's getting through that and, you know, starting to make shots and live play. Um, last week, let us in rebounding, you know, so he can do a lot of different, he's a multifaceted guy would not necessarily a position. So to say, like, it's like, Hey man, you throw him out there. He can play the point. Hey, you throw him out there. He's on the wing, you know, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully he gets strong enough. It's like, Oh, cool. He can guard the four. Like, you know, Lipsy's the local kid. Yep. King, I think was the highest rated. I'm not, I'm not sure on that. Mm-hmm. Watson feels like he might be overlooked a little bit. Like he, yeah. he just feels like the guy in the class that everybody. He didn't. He didn't have that great AAU year where yeah. there wasn't like a ton of hype around him. But I look at right. him and I'm like, I, I ain't seen him play, but he looks like an NBA guy. I'm just staring at a guy who looks like an NBA player. What's the skinny on him? He's he's been. Um, I would say he's been one of the most surprising in a positive way. Um, he is a different animal on defense, which I I tell every freshman I recruit, like that's how you get on the floor. Like good luck coming in scoring 20 a game like like you did in high school. It's probably not happening. But if you come in and you can guard and he can really do that. Like I mean at a high, high level. Um and he keeps things simple, which is good for another freshman. Like he doesn't turn the ball over. He makes open shots. He goes to the offensive glass hard. Um you know I don't I don't predict like like that, but he's got the potential to play at the highest level just based on what he does, his attributes. Um, he wants to learn the game. Like he's he's got the highest ceiling probably of anybody on our team. So now we got everybody fired up. We'll see you in the Sweet Sixteen again. Yeah, there you go. No we'll pressure. No pressure. Yeah, guaranteed, right? <laughs> I told my wife. My wife's like, "Well, you said you like the team. You said you like them better than last year. So you're going to Elite Eight? Like, yeah, sure. Sign us up." I actually, this is a very real thing. I said this on my radio show and podcast a couple times, like. It, like it was, it's a blessing and a curse for you guys to go from two and twenty-two to the Sweet Sixteen because it's like the greatest turnaround in history. And then like, but the problem is, it's like you know that's really hard to do. Like yeah, I, I've yeah. covered some amazingly talented, like Iowa State teams with like six pros on them, right? That lost in the first round. Like it really is a crapshoot. But so good know, luck, people, good luck replicating yeah. that, Coach. People are, are <laughs> I've heard it already this this summer. Like, yeah, you guys will be good. Lisey, lead eight. It's like, wow. <laughs> I don't even know what to. I don't even know how to respond to that. A lot of times, just like, yeah, we're just gonna keep trying and digging in day by day. It's what we love and hate about the NCAA <laughs> tournament, though, because anything yeah. can happen. But it's also like, it, it really is a terrible. It'd be one NBA guy to another. It really is a terrible way to find the best team. Oh, right. But it's super exciting. It's exciting, but yeah, it's not, (laughs) not ideal. Not ideal. Coach, this was awesome. I hope you had as much fun as I did. We'll do it it again before the season. Maybe check on it. All right, brother. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Chris.